0: hello everyone and welcome back to the magic and the moon podcast as always i'm your host david i'm excited to be back with you this week i did take two weeks off um mostly just because i needed a little break for myself but also because um, my house was being painted so furniture had to be rearranged and things were kind of chaotic and just out of place so it wasn't really um convenient for me to able to record an episode I would have been proud of but uh, I appreciate your patience with me and I'm glad to be back and this week uh, I'm talking about protective magic but before I dive into that topic there are just a few things I want to address the first is that the magic in the moon podcast um, our listenership has grown quite a lot from when I first started this podcast back last July so if you're new here I just want to say thank you and welcome thank you for being here thank you for joining us um i'm really excited um i appreciate that like this is reaching um, a much larger audience than i really ever thought that it would and a side effect kind of of there being a lot of new people who i'm honored to have is that i'm getting a lot of questions either in my dms on social media or through the podcast email that are kind of repetitive and that's I'm not faulting anyone I'm not blaming anyone for that um they're just are asking questions that were addressed earlier on in the show perhaps before they found the podcast so questions about like are wicca and witchcraft the same thing do i have to be wiccan to be a witch do witches worship the devil those are things that i have already addressed and even though i'm totally happy to answer your questions those particular topics and some other common questions have already been addressed in their own episodes. So if you go to Anchor or Spotify or whichever platform you use to listen to Magic in the Moon, you can just scroll down episodes and then find um, what's already been talked about. But thank you all for being here. Now that's out of the way, let's talk about protective magic. So protective magic is kind of what it sounds like. Um, It's Magic that's meant to protect you. Um, There are about four different categories of protective magic. Um, Cleansing, banishing, protecting, and warding. And even though they can kind of overlap with each other in some ways, they don't mean the same thing. So I'm going to break down those categories and what they are and what they mean. And I'm also going to give some specific examples for spell work um, for each of the categories. So before we talk about that, you might be wondering, why would I need to use protective magic? What do I need to protect myself from? Um, and anything, really, is the answer. Um, you could be protecting yourself from negative energies that you don't want in your home. You could be protecting yourself from like a malicious entity, maybe if that's a spirit or something that you don't want messing with you, perhaps the fae. Um, maybe you want to undo a harmful spell that's been done against you, but it also can be more practical. Maybe you want to, um, ward yourself to protect yourself from bad weather, like tornadoes, earthquakes, hurricanes. Maybe you want to protect your home from sickness. Um, any and all of those things can be within the realm of protective magic. Um, so... that's what that is. (laughs) That's what that's for. So let's first talk about cleansing. Cleansing is probably the one I hear talked about the most. It's probably the one that I hear the most on social media and with things like that. Um, Cleansing basically just means that you are removing energy that you don't want present. Um, in a situation so if that's a negative energy if that's just some kind of bad vibe maybe there was conflict in your house you had an argument with a family member or a partner and the energy just feels kind of tense and unpleasant you couldn't cleanse and get rid of that or if you've had a bad day or a bad week or you've got some bad news and you want to remove the energy from that space of that negativity this is what cleansing is for Um, so there are many many ways to cleanse some of them are pretty simple. Some of them more elaborate. It depends on what you want to do. But one way to cleanse can be with smoke. Um, you can cleanse with incense smoke. You can get a bundle of herbs. And different herbs have different properties onto um, themselves as well. I'm not really going to talk about that a whole lot here just because it's a little off topic. But um, whichever herbs you would prefer, you can bundle them together and light them until... They're good and burning. Blow it out. Let them smolder, and then cleanse the space with that smoke. Um, you can use salts. You can sprinkle salts around places like doorways, um, perimeters, boundaries, etc. You can set certain objects in salt if you want to cleanse them. Um, one thing that I think is really cool is I've seen people get like spray bottles full of water. And they will like either pray over or bless or enchant the water and they'll put maybe some herbs or crystals that they want the properties of into the water. And then they will use that to spray things and clean their house with it. And they're cleaning their house physically like in a mundane sense, but they're also cleansing their space energetically as well. Um, Another way is sweeping. You can sweep and a lot of witches have a separate broom that they use for cleansing magic. That's not like a regular broom. They would just clean their house with, but they would sweep away the negative energy. Another way you can cleanse is to sprinkle water on things. Like you can bless or charge with intention your water and just take a little handful of it and sprinkle it over things and cleanse that way. Um, You can use fire. You can, this is the fire one, in my opinion, is more for like cleansing particular objects. But like if you have um, ritual tools that you use in your crafts and you want to consecrate them and cleanse them before you use them in ritual or use them in magic, you can pass them over a flame um that's another way you can do that and while we are on the topic of cleansing let's talk about sage and smudging so smudging is a closed practice smudging is a native american spiritual tradition it is not something that anybody can just do um with that being said i do believe you can use white sage but use it with the knowledge that it is sacred to many indigenous people. And if you're going to purchase it, purchase it ethically, purchase it from indigenous people themselves, acknowledge where it's coming from, pay homage to the people and the culture that it originates from, grow it yourself, things like that. Um, So I don't think it's something that's totally off limits, but I do think we need to be aware and move with compassion and understanding if we are going to use white sage. Um, but also another misconception I've seen a lot online is that you have to cleanse with sage and you don't have to you can you can cleanse with white sage uh, you can also use blue sage um, you can really use any herbs any incense that you want to to smoke cleanse you don't just have to smoke cleanse only with sage but I hope that that makes sense okay so we've talked about cleansing let's talk about banishing banishing is not completely different from cleansing in fact you could probably make the argument that banishing is a type of cleansing um but it's a more aggressive and more intentional form of cleansing so cleansing is to kind of just get rid of energy that you don't want to be there it's very simple and to cleanse nothing has to be going wrong for you to cleanse your space you can do that just to kind of freshen things up to bring the vibes in that you want to but banishing specifically is there's something in here that i don't want in here um, that might be a negative energy you're not fond of. That could be that there's like a spirit or an entity that's in your space that you didn't invite, that you don't want. So it's malicious. Um, and banishing can also be done to undo a a spell that's been done against you. Um, banishing can also be used to keep something away from you. So some examples of banishing um, would be like, let's say there's something in your house you don't want in your house. Um We'll say there's some kind of spirit that's harassing you or something for the sake of example you can banish something with toilet paper you can literally get a piece of toilet paper and you can write on it the thing that you want banished so in this case the name of the spirit or description of the spirit and then you can flush it on toilet that's a really simple really easy way um, that you can do that another way um that you can banish would be um by throwing something out of a window so Again, you incorporate that symbolism, something that's going to represent the thing that you want gone, and then you can toss out a window, throw it in the trash, run over it with your car. (laughs) I think you get the idea. So those are some more intense ways of doing that. But banishing can also just be making sure harm is not being done to you. So say, for example you have um, an ex that's trying to get back in touch with you and you don't want them to talk to you. You're done with them. You're over it. You don't want them to like continue to speak to you or anything like that. And you want them to be like leaving you alone. You can get um, either like a photo of that person or like something that represents them. So maybe like an object that used to be there, something they gave you while you were still together, even just something with their name on it. And you can wrap it in black tape And as you're wrapping the tape around the thing, you would just say person's name, whatever their name is, then you would just say you will do no harm to yourself or to others. And you will continue to say that over and over as you're wrapping the thing with black tape until it's completely covered up. And that's not going to harm them. That's not going to hurt anybody. That's just going to prevent that person from coming into your life or doing something that you don't want them to do. Okay, so now we've talked about cleansing and banishing so now let's talk about protecting and protecting is what it sounds like it's a spell to protect yourself against something and like i said this can be a protection against like negative energy or like baneful magic but can also be protecting yourself from home invasion protecting your home from vandalism protecting your home from bad weather anything um like for example like i live in a part of the country where tornadoes are really really common especially this time, of, uh, this time of year. So I've done protective spells to keep my home safe from tornadoes and bad weather. So some examples of protection that you can do. So say, um, say you want to use sigils and sigils are great for protecting and for wording. And if, for those of you that don't know, a sigil is just a magical symbol basically. And there's a website called sigil engine and It's for free. It's completely free to use. You go on there and you can make a sigil. Um, Before I talk about that, I'm going to tell you how to make your own sigil just because a lot of people like to charge it with their own intention. They like to make their own sigils, So I am going to explain how to make your own sigil if you would like to. So to make a sigil, you're going to write down and like not even like on your phone or something. Like I think it's best to like actually physically write it down on paper with like a pen or pencil or marker or whatever you're going to write down your intention. So say, I'll use my example. So my intention is my house is safe from tornadoes. So you don't want to say, you want to use present tense. You want to write something as if it's already happened or it's happening right now. So for example, if you wanted to have a sigil for money, you're not going to say, I will get money. You're going to say, I have money. Or if you, specifically, if you wanted a car, you write, I have a car. So whatever. So my situation, I said, my home is safe from tornadoes you take out all of the vowels and you take out any repeated consonants. Okay. So you take those out and then you will arrange the letters that are remaining onto a numerical grid. Um, I don't really know how to explain that without a visual component. So if you don't know what that means in this context, I would encourage you to Google it and I will leave some references in the episode description as well. Um, So you'll take out the, Vowels take up the repeated consonants. You will arrange them on a numerical grid. And then you will connect. Those numbers in a. Design a symbol a shape. And then you will charge that. Image with your intention. And then now it is charged. And it's protective. It's going to be a protective spell. It's basically going to be a ward. Um, And then you can put that. Wherever you want to. It's like for mine. It's on piece of paper. I'll put it in my wallet. I'll put it in my car. I'll put it in a potted plant outside of my house. And then it's keeping out the things that you want it to keep out, or it's doing the things that you want it to do. So that's, that's one example of, the, of how you can do that. So another way you can ward um, and warding is basically putting up a magical barrier, is you can get salts. Um, you can get salts, consecrate the salt, pray over the salt, bless the salt, whatever it is that you do, and then sprinkle it um, over doorways, over windows, thresholds, any kind of anything that could be a point of entry is where you're putting it basically. Um, another thing I've heard of people doing, which I think is very cool, very creative, is they will bless the salt and then throw just a tiny pinch of salt into their wander- uh, their laundry into their laundry while they're washing their clothes. That way their clothes are clean and then when they take them out of the washer, they've been enchanted and they are warded so that way you put the clothes on and you're protected. You can also ward with crystals. Um, and really, I guess in theory, you could use whatever crystal you would like to. I like to use black tourmaline for warding because it's protective by nature. So I'll get a black tourmaline stone. I'll charge it with the intention of, you know, keeping my home safe. And then I will place that, you know, on windowsills and doorways. And you could put it in your mailbox, in your car. If you have an office, you know, or somewhere you work, you could put it there too. And those are some ways that you could keep that safe. Um, I already kind of got a little ahead of myself and dove into wording but wording is a form of protection and it's basically just creating a barrier um, you can also use wording to kind of keep something hidden so like say for example you've written something in a diary that you don't want anyone else to read you can do a word over it that will make people not want to read it And this is not Harry Potter, like it's not going to turn it invisible, but it's going to make it seem uninteresting. So if someone were to see it, they're not going to have the desire to open it up and read what's going on in there. Um, Or maybe you're having a private conversation, you don't want to be heard. You can do a ward to where people won't care to pay attention to what you're talking about. Um, And you can, for wards, you can kind of charge any object as a ward. People have used dolls or toys or stones or anything so it doesn't even have to be like a witchy object obviously it can be you know if you want it to be but it doesn't have to some people prefer it to be a little more inconspicuous that way you know people aren't really going to question where it is maybe it's a decoration hanging on your wall maybe it's a wind chime you know on your porch it can be whatever you want it to be really can be a ward so that is what warding is that's what Protective magic is that's cleansing, banishing, protecting, and warding. Um, For those of you that might be interested in ceremonial magic, um, there is a ritual called the Kabbalistic Cross that I'm not going to really elaborate on a whole lot here just because it's complicated, and I would have to introduce some ceremonial magic concepts that I haven't really talked about before. Um, But for those of you that know what ceremonial magic is, you're interested in it, the Kabbalistic Cross is great at ben, uh, cleansing, banishing, warding, and protecting. It kind of does all of that in the same ritual. And I will leave a link in the episode's description to some more instructions for that, for those of you that are interested. So um, I will credit my sources in this episode. I will also put um, a link to SigilNet, Sigil Engine, excuse me, and I will leave some links to um, the Kabbalistic Cross as well. And I will also link some links to previous episodes that address some of the common questions i've been receiving recently that way for those of you that are curious or maybe even if you just want a refresher you can go back and listen to those episodes and hopefully uh have your questions answered but of course you're always welcome to contact me directly and ask me questions or give me your suggestions and your feedback you can reach me on instagram at magic and the moon podcast and that's m-a-g-i-c-k and the moon podcast on instagram And then the email is the same thing. It's magicandthemoonpodcast at gmail.com. But that's all I have for you guys this time. And I will see you next week.